0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to a new week of Clyde One Super Scoreboard. The Scottish Cup quarter-final fixtures are out after Rangers dumped out Celtic to complete the lineup for the last eight. Hibs, Motherwell, St Johnson, Dundee United, Aberdeen, Kilmarnock and St Mirren all through over the weekend. And the world of football is rocked by the news of a new European Super League. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is Alex Ray and Hugh Evans. Well, on a day when football's soul was up for discussion in the face of that multi-million pound power grab, we're still picking over the bones of our domestic debate. Rangers must be substantial favourites now to complete a league and cup double after that win over Celtic. But where does Celtic go from here? No manager. No word on a manager. No trophies. The cupboard bare after a decade of domination and a player exodus on the way in a month's time. The optics are not good. Yeah, it was a great weekend of Scottish Cup football Last 16, Gordon, as you said Hibs and St Johnston through Aberdeen won on penalties Over Livingston, Kilmarnock and Dundee United progress The mighty well won a penalty shoot also mm. And Stephen Gerrard's guys get the bragging rights of Glasgow 01419511025 That is the number you need to get in touch tonight So let's hear from you What is on your mind? It was a big weekend of football As Alex Ray quite rightly says Massive Scottish Cup fixtures what did you make of it? Are your team in to the next round? Were they successful? You must be delighted if so And if not, then where did it go wrong? As always with the Rangers v Celtic fixture There is a bigger picture About bragging rights and the success of the season And in the managerial front where Celtic go from here And of course there is that There are, there are not many stories that would prize us away from <laughs> Scottish football On this show, not many at all I feel like everywhere you look People have got the European Super League On their mind So later on in the show We'll get to that as well And perhaps speculate as to what it might mean for us Yeah of course It's a story of naked greed for me uh, And it has hit a raw nerve with people Not people who run football clubs The people who go to football And when they can go to football When this is all over the pandemic they don't want that stuff Yeah we'll certainly deal with that Between now and 8 o'clock But we want to hear from you Right now 0141 951 1025 I think the obvious place to start Would be the big game in Glasgow yesterday What did you make of it Both sides Give us it all You don't need me to point out The talking points You know them already So let's hear from you But before we go any further Quickly Your result of the weekend Hugh Keevans Well Alex always complained I jump in first And take his So I'm giving him the big one And I am taking Rangers The other Rangers Cove Rangers And that 2-0 win over Falkirk Which takes them joint top with Falkirk In League 1 Well done Paul Hartley See I like that Because League 1 needs some attention right now What a title race we've got on Don't mind that at all Alex He's he's letting you have the obvious one Yeah absolutely Rangers uh, putting uh, their rivals to bed Gordon and effectively ending their season Which has been a miserable season So you know Rangers march on and your goal of the weekend Good choices I quite yeah. enjoyed the highlights Over the piece I must say Yeah I'm going for Niall McGinn mm, Aberdeen Scoring the first goal there He scored the very first goal Of the Derek McInnes era At Pataudry And now he scored The very first goal Of the Stephen Glass era At Pataudry And in between He went to South Korea As you do Yeah I'm going for Stephen Davis uh, Overhead kick Gordon I think for a player Of his age To get find himself In that position So early in the game the execution and to have the hip oiled up yeah, enough Yeah I couldn't to, believe to... it A WD-40 and the old hips But listen I want to give you Another guy a shout out I'm taking a little bit here But 
Jay Emmanuel Thomas First goal The giving goal mm-hmm. I thought it was an excellent And he's really impressing us at the moment The Jet always gets yeah. a, a few mentions on this show Right your howler of the weekend I'll start with you Alex Ray I'm going to go for Edward To miss two opportunities From the penalty spot And also the Kind of Little volley mm. That he balloons over the bar For about six or seven yards You know normally, Could have been a different game yeah, Absolutely uh, Hugh I'm going for Diego Laxalt For getting off the team bus at Ibrox Very harsh as always Right 01419511025 What's on your mind? You can tweet us as well at Clyde SSB Let's start with that game yesterday Start with the winning side In terms of hearing from the manager Stephen Gerrard's praising the mentality of his players after the win He says they've rightly been questioned in the past But says everyone is now giving their all As they push towards more success the mentality's been top. Uh, we've been questioned in previous years about consistency uh, and mentality, and rightly so because at times we've come up short. But this season so far, there's only St Mirren where you can maybe be critical, but that was on me. Uh, I took that away from the players because I was the one who made the changes, so I'm responsible for that. But from a European point of view, again, incredible mentality and, and performance level to get where we got to. Um, from a league point of view, we won it in March, which is unheard of. And now it's about you know keeping our standard levels and performance levels for as long as we can, all the way hopefully till what will be the twenty second of May. But you know when I look around the group, the dressing room or the bus, I've got plenty of hearts beating behind me, plenty of them in abundance, and um, no one can ever doubt me, players, um, in, in that capacity. When you're talking about endeavour and heart and desire, we, we've got loads of that. How important has mentality been for Rangers? I think it's, yeah, I think it's but everything. Uh, he's absolutely right in terms of uh, last year and the previous season. Consistency was a big issue for them. Gone, but nineteen matches at Ibrox, nineteen wins domestically. It's a formidable. If you're going to build, you're going to do it there. And also, I've mentioned the clean sheet. You know, is it twenty one and thirty six? It's it's a remarkable return. Uh, they've only conceded three goals at Ibrox. Uh, in, that, in that time also I said it yesterday Hugh And I'm sure we'll get his thoughts Later in the week Andy Halliday has spoken In this show many times Because he he's, he knows What the inside of that Dressing room is like And for him The biggest difference The one standout difference For Rangers this season Has been a mentality shift mm. All the other stuff Important But that's been the, the key thing And you can hear the emphasis That the manager placed on it Yeah um, I think it was even Generous to say That they won the league in March For me they won it On the 2nd of January When they beat Celtic At Ibrox But uh, yes, mentality is vitally important James Tavernier being the perfect example The Rangers supporters crucified him For using the match programme at Ibrox one evening To say that the Rangers players did not respond well When teams get in their faces Well, James Tavernier has led from the front this season And he epitomises the change in mentality Scott is a Rangers fan First up this evening How pleased are you Scott after the weekend's action? Oh, over the moon. Hi, Pano. Um, yeah, over the moon. I was just thinking about John Kennedy's statement about his team being the best in Scotland. Mm-hmm. I think he just needs to face facts now. We, we are the, by far, I would say, the best team in Scotland and hopefully are going to be for the next one or two seasons. I thought the whole team were brilliant, especially Stephen Davis. He just seems to be getting better with age, the same as Evan McGregor as well. And Joe Aribo, the whole team, young Patterson as well, they were excellent from start to finish. They had a couple of chances, but that's the difference now. We take more chances, you know? For me, in general terms, John Kennedy was taken out of context. On their day, he said he felt that Celtic were better. And obviously, Sunday was not their day, and several other days have not been their day. Uh, but does that sort of just show you though that the way it is here and how much of a wide berth you need to give those comments yeah, so, that, so that they're not? Because you're right. When we had his explanation on Friday, 
It's not the worst thing I've ever heard. He's no. a, it's a bit of belief in his team and saying honour day. I still think you know in the cup tie we can be the best team in the country. But, but you know, full time goes. Yeah. Rangers tweet a win against the best team in the league. Yeah. Twenty eight thousand likes. We've got Scott on saying that just shows John Kennedy. Listen, will he learn from that? The, 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 the fans of both clubs and I wrote this on Sunday morning. The fans of both clubs live in a world of what goes around comes around, and that's John Kennedy getting payback at Ibrox yesterday. Now the bigger picture for me. Is that This is the way The rivalry Used to look When Brendan Rodgers Was Celtic manager And Rangers were going through A succession of managers Who were unworthy of the job At that time Rangers were Celtic's plaything Now Celtic are Rangers plaything And that's the job That Celtic have to do now To find a team With the mentality That Stephen Gerrard speaks of And with the ability That Rangers have Celtic have to find a manager and players who can come back up towards Rangers now. What do you make of Scott's assessment of the game and, and picking out Stephen Davis as a, a key man? Yeah, without doubt, Gordon, I thought he was absolutely immense. Uh, obviously, added that goal early doors, but he's general all-round player. We've been saying it all, all season. Was he uh, the standout? There was a bit of a split all, in here. So I think Hugh went Ryan Kent, did you? Someone went Ryan Kent. Yeah, Ryan for, Kent for, for me, me uh, well, they, they bring different things to the table. Yeah. Uh, for me, Davis is a heartbeat of the whole team. He kind of slows it down, he puts his cell, he puts out fires, he gets things going in the right direction. And then you look at Ken. I thought he was absolutely tremendous. McGregor, there, there was a lot of good performances. I thought Aribo was very good as well, Gordon. You know, I thought the two white guys, Kent and Aribo, I thought uh, Morelos uh, linked to play very well. Uh, and I just thought in the key areas and the key moments, uh, mm. Rangers players were more potent. Something that's been said about this fixture recently, and I suppose we saw it again yesterday, is Rangers now don't have to be at their best. To win games against Celtic Now of course Depending what colour of jersey you wear You can, you can spin that both yeah. ways That is either a, a compliment to Rangers Or it's a criticism of Celtic But you know As a as us just, just watching on yeah. th- that, that kind of is the feeling you get from it Isn't it? I don't think any Rangers fan Would watch that yesterday and say Oh wow That was vintage We were unbelievable no, You don't I, have to be No absolutely Gordon I think uh, when they analyse that game They will realise that they passed up Too many opportunities uh, I think it's been indicative of Celtic You know they haven't capitalised In the big games You look back to January Celtic had large proportions A couple of yeah. good saves from McGregor And it just shows you the importance Of a, of a good goalkeeper McGregor has been frightening I think it's very interesting because Rangers are getting all the business done now, Hugh. You've oh. got all the, uh, you've got Alan McGregor, you've got Stephen Davis, Balligan's re-signed. Uh, you've got uh, who else? I think there's another one in there. Um, I think they're in the process of trying to speak to Golson. Tavernier re-signed as well. So you've got all there's the key all players. All season there's been talk about Kamara as well and getting an improved. Trying trying to get him uh, tied down longer, gone because of what he brings to the table. But when you look at the actual midfield yesterday, we, we mm. mentioned some of the key areas. That midfield was assembled for fifty grand. Yeah. It's remarkable. Scott's disappeared, but don't worry, plenty more uh, in line. If Scott wants to call back, he can do. John Kennedy says they didn't have enough belief. Stephen Gerrard's praising. Uh-huh. Rangers mentality John Kennedy says They didn't have enough Belief he was happier With the second half And says they need To take the defeat On the chin Very disappointed Obviously we, uh, we Wanted to a competition We wanted to keep hold of In terms of the trophy uh, We were confident Going into the game um, But that didn't come through Especially in the first half You know in terms of Our belief in ourselves And I thought that Kind of stunted us In terms of how we Approached the game So just thought We were a bit too passive First half um, In terms of how we Pressed the game In terms of the ball We just kind of Passing the buck a little bit and not taking responsibility. So we addressed a little bit of that at half time. Um, I thought second half we then came out, but again you're giving yourself a lot to do. Having conceded two goals, we came out much more aggressive, created big chances. And if you take one of them, then two one, then you you give yourself a chance. But 
we did manage to convert her again a big chance again. So again, we just have to take it in the chin. Um, that was obviously sting a bit, but we have to deal with that and, and move forward. Jerry's a Celtic fan in Bothwell. Where did it go wrong yesterday, Jerry? John Kennedy stating that they were the best, the best team in Scotland. Um, he shouldn't have done that because players take the hump at that and they put up wee press cuttings in their dressing room and it gets them up and it gets them up. And also, uh, different things. Celtic had 10 chances yesterday to score. Rangers had two. Rangers scored two. Celtic missed 10. Uh, and Ayer, he thinks he's better than what he is. I don't know what you guys think. Uh, I don't. I don't rate them at all. Just to, let's do them one by one, Jerry. Do you really think John Kennedy's comments impacted the outcome of the game? And listen, it's great for us and fans can argue about it. And shows like this will talk about it. Does it really impact impact the game? I think it does. I think it does um, because it, it gets uh, the gets a rise. Honestly, God, it gets a rise up and then they they get really mad about it we're the best Rangers have won the league and he's saying Celtic are the best team in Scotland Jerry, I'm a Celtic supporter through Jerry, through Jerry you said Celtic had 10 chances I would dispute that however if they did have 10 chances in what way did John Kennedy's words impact on the Celtic players and in what way did John Kennedy's words make El Yanusi take a very heavy touch and miss a sitter. In what way did John Kennedy's words make uh, Odson Edward fire one over the bar when he should have scored? In what way did John Kennedy's words make Odson Edward miss a penalty kick? I mean, I see where Jerry comes from in the sense, Alec, we saw Borna Barisic's reaction. He, he's called it the biggest joke he's heard. But again, when you when you kind of strip it back to what John Kennedy actually said, can that can that actually impact the game in, in a well, serious way or I, I, I think I think you use I've, I've often said to you mm, use I, I, what you can whatever you can if I was a tackle five years ago I'm still in my memory <laughs> that I've still got to get this guy back whatever you use or you remind a, a teammate Gordon uh, I thought it was unnecessary and I thought it was naive I thought it was playing to a particular demographic way with the Celtic fans going we are still the best I look back at the key uh, times throughout the course of this season we can rain them off Champions League Europa League uh, losing 8-2 the League Cup to Ross County uh, losing the league in Ma- the earliest mm. point for over 100 years 7th of March and then mm. you also have the, the early stages last 16 the, the Scottish Cup so they haven't had many days where they're yep. the best this year so to actually put that on the players was un- unnecessary in my opinion Jerry, we're not making too much of this though I mean a manager tries to back his team and say that on their day he thinks they can still do a job in a one-off cup tie and as Hugh pointed out Hudson Edward sticks away the penalty like he's done six times this season. Mohamed El Yunusi scores a sim- an easier chance than the couple that he got against Livingston last week. We're not talking about John Kennedy's comments five days ago, are we? Uh, uh, well, he shouldn't have done it. He shouldn't have done it. Ali Ferguson was the best man for that as well at Manchester United for pinning up things that people had said. But um, it's all ifs and buts. No, I, get, look, I, I, I do I get the logic, but how does... How does John Kennedy's comments manage to go above Odson Edwards' penalty miss in your blame game? How, how, it can't be more important than that, surely. No, it's, it's not John Kennedy's fault that Edward missed the penalty. It's Edward's right to be too clever. Um, but um, as I say, Celtic, I'm really, really wondering. Celtic played so well in, that, in the second half yesterday, they should have put 
she might be going three two or four two, and I'm uh, very 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 disappointed. Did you see it coming, Jerry? I wonder what, what how you're feeling about it all because some Celtic fans, you know, maybe managed to get themselves up for it and say, you know, I, I think we can do something. Others resigned to that's the way things have been this season. How are you feeling about the overall picture? I'm feeling very despondent. Um, uh, I thought that they went to penalties yesterday and Celtic would have won. That was my thought and the thing, but uh, obviously Rangers played great in the first half. Celtic played better in the second half, uh, in my opinion, and just going to do it. They've not got... Watching Edward, he's not kicked a ball for the last two or three months. He always looks despondent when he misses a sitter but he's looking for a way out in my opinion well that's without doubt his head's away now uh, and he wishes his body was away with it uh, to another country so that is for me unarguable but here's the big picture Jerry Celtic go back to Ibrox in two weeks time and Celtic will undoubtedly lose Ibrox in two weeks time unless what what, what if they just convert those chances though because I get I get what you're saying This this season Has that feeling about it where, yeah. where, where Rangers are obviously dominant But it's not like You're walking out of that game yesterday Being battered 4-0 And think Oh my goodness We can't get near these No but they are now Five games in a row Without beating Rangers mm. And uh, Missed chances happen In every league In Scotland Every weekend My point is that If Celtic don't have a new manager And a fresh impetus And fresh eyes And fresh ideas by the time they go to Ibrooks, given that it's now been seven weeks since Neil Lennon left the job, if they go to Ibrooks nine weeks after Neil Lennon left the job and they still have no manager, then what is going on? Jerry's despondent on the yeah. line. How are you feeling out there? 01419511025. Give us a call right now. We're going to hear more from John Kennedy and Stephen Gerrard next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 01419511025. Alex Ray and Hugh Kevens are here at Clyde SSB on Twitter. If you would rather tweet your kindest regards over there, we are still on yesterday's game at Ibrooks. Rangers fans understandably happy. Celtic fans, uh, what was the word, Jerry, the previous caller used? Despondent. Despondent. Mm. Uh, yeah. But I wonder how you're all feeling out there. Let us know. In fact, let's go straight to Alec in Renfrew. Alex, a Celtic fan. Alec, how would you sum up? Your previous Celtic fan was despondent. How would you sum up your feelings tonight? Uh, good evening, Gordon, Alec, Hugh. I'm, I'm 67 this year, and my best pal, my golfing buddy David, is a right Rangers man. So, a great bit of banter between us through the years. Jerry says he's disappointed. I'm disappointed. I'm dis- disappointed. Disappointed and, and disappointed. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're, we're going to need to rebuild. We're going to like we're wounds. We're not going to disappear next year. We're going to be back again and we're going to be challenging. But the first thing this new chief executive is going to do is obviously get a manager in place. But no way in the world should we be signing loan players. Diego Laxo, John J. Kenny, Big Duffy. Glasgow Celtic are an institution. We should be attracting our own players. If, we can't, if we're not good players, don't bring people for their clubs that can't get a game for their team. Please don't bring them. The first thing I've got to do is, if we can't get a player to play right back, Bring in one of the reserves. Give the boys a chance because they can't be any worse than this lot. 
That's the first thing. Alec, the new team executive. Yes. Sorry, mate. I was just kind of uh, the the loan market's actually worked very well for Celtic over the piece. It hasn't worked this season. Just going back, even if you go back to to Fraser Foster most recently, you know he was an absolute standout. So there's the, 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 mm. they do work on occasions. This season hasn't. So maybe the the better question, Alec, is it's not the fact that they are loan players. Is it just that they're not good enough? They're not at, at the level that you need. That's what I'm saying, Gordon. If they can't get a game for their own club. Uh, why are we taking them? I mean, big Shane Duffy who's supposed to be one of the best players. I don't know what sort of money are these taking. Out? Who who will tell you how much pay are these guys getting every week? I know, but you the know what I mean. But Alec, the principle of bringing in loan players is not in question because, as Alec said, it has worked in Celtic's favour. All right, let, let's not worry too much about the principle then. What what about the guys that that Alec mentioned? The, 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 uh, does Celtic have a personnel issue? Yeah, of course they do Because they're brought in rubbish uh, There have been Saving graces I think Greg Taylor's a good player I think David Turnbull's an outstanding player But Laxalt Come on Barkas Come on uh, John Joe Kenny Come on mm. uh, Shane Duffy Now to be fair to Shane Duffy When he arrived here He arrived to a fanfare of trumpets And everyone mm-hmm. thought Republic of Ireland International Played with Brighton in the English Premier League But he has turned out to be An unqualified, unmitigated disaster Where I understand it Where Alec is coming from Alex Is if you do bring a lone player yeah. And then they they don't perform Then that's when the spotlight is going to go on And the two obvious ones yesterday Because they both started the game Phil Would Banks. be John Joe Kenny and Diego Laxalt What did you make of their performance? Well, I, I thought they were poor, more so Laxell. I thought he, he was in the wrong movie, Gordon. Uh, it's fascinating because I think in the recent weeks as well, um, the boy Taylor has played mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Now, what kind of message does that send out that he's bringing in a lone player who in, I don't know, four or five weeks will be sent packing? Uh, so it doesn't bode well for, for Taylor in terms of what's currently there. So he'll have to impress a new manager who comes in. I thought the fullbacks were poor, Gordon. I thought they were very tentative. You know, one of my pet hates when the fullback gets it. And he turns back and goes back the way. I've seen that quite often with the boy Kenny yesterday as well, Gordon. Didn't look as if he was uh, full of confidence. Is that what John Kennedy means when he says they didn't have enough belief in themselves? Yeah, probably. It's okay saying, oh, listen, we did very well in the second half, but you're two goals down, Gordon. So Mm. you're already chasing the game from from the outset. They had a good spell from maybe about 15 minutes to 30 minutes Celtic yesterday as well, where they could have scored. Uh, I think the boy um, Welsh missed an absolute sitter. You know, there was a little kind of tug on his... On his arm However You've got to score that uh, Particularly in the big moments In big games Gordon Because it, it, Wingers aren't What they used to be Right You're not You're not getting Especially when James Forrest Not there right You don't have guys That are going to Hug the touch line Go one on one Get to the byline All the time So they tend to Come in the pitch And your width then Has to come from Your fullbacks And The modern fullback Tends to be a guy that Does bomb on And if there's a criticism Of them It's that they can't Do, the, do the same the other way But, but it seems that, that they're not great at either And therefore where, where do Celtic get Get their width Because listen, Rangers have been excellent yeah. You can't take anything Away from them But if there, if there was a Chink of light That any You know you've seen Against Rangers It's probably is That you might, be, you, you might be able To get at them wide How are you going to do that With the team that Celtic Played yesterday Yeah well Where do you go you, they, they sold Frimpong For whatever the figure was It was reported be Around about 10 million Or rising to 10 million So would you sell them Then Gordon You're left with what's there You know They've got young Ralston I'm not exactly sure is the the one because we've obviously got uh, Alec on the line saying about bringing in young guys, and I'm not sure Ralston can challenge yeah. that fullback. If you, if you look at the games against Rangers this season, 
uh, starting last October, 2-0, set pieces, horrible defending. Uh, the the 1-0 where Beaton was sent off at Ibrox. Beaton's not for me a top-class yeah. defender. Uh, yesterday, more defensive frailty. You know, I said to you before the game, Gordon, you can discuss tactical shapes all day long, but if your goalkeeper and back four are unsaid, unsteady, uncertain, you're in trouble. What's next then, Alec? Get a man here in first and foremost, Gordon. Yeah. This all went very quiet. Uh, obviously, everybody's talking about this chap, Eddie Howe, but I mean, unless he's signed right now and there's a starting date from such and such a date that the, the, the board have agreed to, I don't really want him. If he's taking this long to decide to come, I don't really want him. I mean, obviously, with Mourinho, we've now been on the brew, as we call it. Oh, <laughs> Someone uh-huh. could give him a wee throw. I know, I'm, I'm only joking, Stu. Why joking. not? Aim, aim high. The vaccinated one and the special one in the same city. Would yeah, we manage that? that? Anyway, he, Jose, it will be no way Jose. Uh, but Alec, Don't think you... he'd fancy it, no? Nah, try <laughs> Uh, but <laughs> They're going to play that back When he rocks up at Celtic Park With a scarf over his yeah, head listen, That's going to bury your Little well. moment forever No, 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 no. The, no chance <laughs> Trust me Read my lips Press Play and record now No <laughs> chance But Alec on the line Would you agree with me That Celtic are at Ibrox In two weeks time Having Once again lost to Rangers Surely Surely A new manager Should be in place by then See, see one of the things Gordon uh, I think the season tickets uh, Renewals Go out in the 1st of May Gordon I think that's 12 days time If there's not a manager In, in that period I'd be very surprised Thank you very much To Alec And Renfrew Let's hear a bit more From the man who's in charge At the moment John Kennedy Nothing left to play for now um, But he says it is vital They show the right attitude In the final games He's also been pointing out The number of setbacks They've had this season it's all about mentality in terms of nothing to play for in terms of uh, trophies, but you've got to have the right mentality, you know, and that's what you've got to show at this club. Regardless, as soon as you pull on the shirt and you step in the pitch, you're representing a team, a club, uh, and a fan base. So, in terms of the approach to the games, we've got to be out there representing ourselves in the right way. Again, just keep working. Again, you can't stop and feel sorry for yourself. You've got to keep working and put performances in, and then hopefully that will kind of uh, lead into the next season. It's been a really good squad. I've worked with them a long time. You know, there's been a lot of challenges this this year, um, which have been hard to deal with for a lot of players, especially new players coming in. They found it difficult to settle as well at times, um, and with a number of setbacks. But you've got to respect that. You've got to deal with that, and you've got to then make sure you address it going forward. So they're a great bunch. No issues with them at all. You know, even today in terms of I just thought we were too cautious first half. It wasn't down to bad bad attitude. It wasn't down to not wanting to work. They wanted to run and work. Um, but we're just too tentative George is a Rangers fan He's coming up very soon But let's go to Martin In Kings Park First of all Martin Talk to us What's on your mind After yesterday Hi mate Just a bit gutted To be honest What in particular And I know that might just, We could be uh, here till midnight I, With that perhaps But I know, no, no, no. Um, Basically I was just It was a point about James Forrest Getting a niggle mm-hmm. um, made, I think it made Celtic Change their full formation For yesterday I felt as if James Forrest was that he would have played the four two three one. Yeah, and I agree. Does that? W- yeah, what does that, that tell you then, Martin? I think, I think it's a joke that one player makes you change your full formation for a club Celtic size. It so might very well. Day. It might very well be a joke. However, hmm. part of the reason why Celtic lost the match, Martin, Edward couldn't take a penalty. Hmm. El Yanusi took the kind of touch that I would take inside the penalty yeah. box and missed a sitter and Edward then but, missed another but, sitter. But, but both can be true at once. I think Martin's 
Basically trying to, to scratch the surface of a, of a wider point Martin You don't think the depth is there You don't think the recruitment has been good enough And therefore one player misses out And Celtic have to change the formation Look at the other team Rangers captain and arguably the player of the year Didn't play yesterday But you wouldn't have known it Are you trying to hit on a, a wider point here About the, the lack of depth? I just feel as if one player made Celtic change a formation for yesterday the Rangers were a better team They deserved that on the day Hat off to them But I just found that was a bit of a joke Alex Well listen Celtic have a, a very good uh, squad Gordon you know, They do have depth uh, They could quite easily have put uh, you know, On wide players they don't Yeah but You're not telling me that uh, Christy can't come after right hand side Did he not play that <laughs> Did he not play in a 4-2-3-1 Over the course of When they were going well but, A year ago the, the, reason I, the reason I scoffed Is because it's not really what I think I, I, I would imagine No I'm asking, a, you, I'm asking you a question yeah, though And I'm about to answer it I think there is a long list Of Celtic fans Who would phone in this show Having watched the game yesterday And would yeah. say Ryan Christie cannot come off the right Yeah but he has played there Gordon When they've actually been going uh, Good You mean you look at last year uh, With Neil Lennon When they were playing that But uh, Brendan Rodgers When they were doing that as well So they, they can they do that They saw him in the game yesterday though No no we're not talking about the game I'm talking about it. He has well, played we are, that though. Martin's saying that Celtic Changed their formation yesterday yes. Because James Forrest was Yeah and, and, I'm was absent. and I'm telling you He has played that position not, Numerous not, times I'm not saying So he what I'm hasn't. saying is He could quite easily Have played right. the 4 2 So what John Kennedy has done is He's chosen to go with the diamond mm-hmm. So that's what, his choice What Rangers have To their credit Is like for like replacements They've got yeah. strength and depth Two players for every position yeah. Celtic don't have that Especially in James Forrest's position Also yeah. when you get down to The mentality issue That uh, Stephen Gerrard feels Has been so important In terms of Rangers recovery And John Kennedy felt Was so important In terms of what happened To Celtic yesterday And on many other occasions Christie Had a tackle In the first minute of the game was never seen again El Yanoussi who had been so good the week before against Livingston, when it was up a level to Rangers, he disappeared as well. And the, the, the miss from him was unbelievable for an international class player. Celtic lack mentality. They lack the devil in them to go and play Rangers now. And that's why they'll lose in a fortnight's time. I think today was about putting a marker down. And, um, you know, this has been Celtic's focus for a long time. Um, you know, we've had some... European games coming up and other games uh, to make sure we win. We're still trying to get an un- unbeaten season going, but this was something that was to save their season from a success point of view. So a lot of focus, a lot of talk about this game, how important it was, and we've delivered. We've again showed that we, we deserve to win the game, so that's really important, but next season will be different. There'll be a lot of change. Um, Across the road, there'll be changes here and it'll be a fresh season, so I don't necessarily agree with that, but I agree with the part where it was about putting a marker down and we've done that. Putting a marker down, says Stephen Gerrard. What do you think, George, as a Rangers fan, what did you take away from yesterday? Uh, from yesterday, I, I thought the game hinged on the penalty kick. Had Celtic scored, it was an entirely different game. Rangers took their chances, Celtic didn't. That was the bottom line. Difference between the two teams, chance taken. Uh, but my point um, I phoned up about Gordon it's really about Ryan Kent Mm -hmm. and I wondered if I could ask the panel if they think that Champions League football will keep him at Ibrox or will a 20-25 million pound bid from Leeds United take him to the, the top league in England well, listen, I think it'll take that kind of money to move Ryan Kent. I think he's in a very good place. Uh, I've been saying that I've been really impressed with his stats this season. You know, he, he's 
a match winner. Uh, I think he's progressing in Europe as well, Gordon. So this is a guy that's developing in the right direction. What about his touch for the first goal? Gordon, it was unbelievable. And I think the problem you have as a midfielder, having played in that position, you're not quite sure where he's going to go to the left. Scott Brown hazard, I guess, as if he was going to go on his outside with his, his right foot. And he just went the wrong way And uh, again But he done a piece of magic Later on in the game Gordon Where the ball came into him And he kind of Rolled it out And took it across The 18 yard ball And left, left Scott Brown for dead And I just thought to myself This, this is a guy That's playing at the top Of his game at the moment And Champions League football Obviously they, They'll have the opportunity To get into that Group stage First and foremost Gordon so I'd be very surprised if they uh, they let him go because yeah. I think he's been brilliant yeah. this season. I mean, we've seen the lure of the English Premier League, yeah. Hugh. The, yeah. You know, so w- would would Champions League the the prospect of Champions League football be enough for you um, to keep Ryan Kent? Should a bit come along, of course. Yeah, well, you know, at the weekend, the Leeds were reported to be willing to offer fifteen million for him, which would be double the money that we just paid for him. Um, we just have to get our head around the, the idea. England's a much bigger place than here. The the, the football, the, the English Premier League, although it's in turmoil tonight, the English Premier League is so much bigger than ours, it's not true. Um, and he does make a lot of money out of a transfer, and he is in the game to make money, but he may have got the bug. He may have come here and thought, I really like it here, I love playing for this club. And Rangers in the Premier League will do me. Eh, the Champions League will do me. This this must be life as a football fan, George, where you are trying to enjoy the success at the moment, but you're already worrying about what that success might do in terms of tempting players away. Of course, and you touched on it earlier, Gordon. Where, uh, or sorry, Alex, where Rangers have two players for every position, which is fantastic. But it also means that you've got one player who's not going to be happy all the time not playing. So, and the director of finance will look at the 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 books and say something's got to give for you and there will be comings and goings in fact uh, Stephen Gerrard said that there will be comings and goings this summer uh, and I think if the price is right I think um, that he may well go to Leeds What are we talking though when you say the price is right what does that mean what would that price need to be I think it needs to be 20 million Well Leeds are in action tonight against Liverpool which has uh, got a nice wee subplot that fixture I'm sure we'll get to that later on in the show thank you to George in Guruk What's on your mind though? This is a perfect time to call. We're going to get travel with Stephen and that means you could be up next. 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans, Alex Ray and now Gordon in Eastfield on the show. Take it away, Gordon. What's on your mind? Hi, panel. Hello. Uh, listen, I want to I, I put this question to Alex Ray but obviously Alex played by the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Nathan Patterson, Alec, James Tavernier is obviously a brilliant player all season, player of the year. Can you drop Nathan Patterson for that team? Oh, on the performance, <laughs> on the performance he's played. What a brilliant question, Gordon, because I think a lot of Rangers fans are actually asking that, and I think that just says so much about Nathan Patterson's performance. He's, he's been absolutely tremendous. Um, I knew uh, Tavernier when he, when he was 19 at MK Dons, he was a Newcastle player, he came in loan. And he had lots of great attributes um, And uh, you have to say Nathan Patterson's I, I can't believe how quickly he's hit the ground In this team because so That surprised you yeah. I, well, Without doubt And partly that is because I hadn't seen a great deal of Nathan Patterson I'd heard a lot of him But some of his, some of his performances are tremendous Gordon Now I, I'll be honest He still has a lot of, a long way to go to get to Tavernier Tavernier's numbers this year 
in particular are absolutely off the scale and, and Gordon's right about the potential player of the year 17 goals I think it's about 13 assists for Tavernier so that that is like mm. unbelievable stuff Patterson's final ball when he gets into good areas but for a young man to drive at a back four uh, in his debut derby uh, starting tremendous how, how do you do it then Gordon you're saying you know Nathan Patterson can't get dropped but you're also saying James Tavernier's the player <laughs> of the year so he deserves back in does he not well, well, this was a dilemma, which I said, you've got to keep Nathan Patterson there. Play James Tavernier maybe in front of him, but you, you, you can't drop the boy playing, playing the way he's playing. He's been excellent to come in, Europe and the league. And Listen, it's a great headache, but it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Rangers just don't, don't play that way, do they, Alex? Though? Gordon, I often hear this. If you take Robertson and Tierney, we often said that, play mm. one of them in front of each other for Scotland. I, I, I never ever subscribed to that And so if Tavernier went one forward Where would they actually play? Because Rangers play with three central midfielders They'll play 4-4-2 four, four, No, they don't stick Absolutely So they, they try and free up that space in front Because that's the way Rangers play They overload the middle of the park Get possession And then they get the full box, mm. fullbacks bombing down the side What did you make of him yesterday, Hugh? Oh, he's terrific um, It's a shame because he'll be suspended tomorrow By the SFA Over the breach of Covid uh, regulations You think so? so? Yeah, I don't, I don't see any way around it. I mean, uh, it, it stands to reason if uh, Jordan Jones and George Edmondson uh, receive bans for doing the same thing. Oh, well, uh, Stephen Gerrard's point was that he felt there were differences. Anyway, I think we can deal with that tomorrow when it, when it does or doesn't off. happen. Um, but you, you were impressed anyway. With You couldn't be unimpressed. Uh, so it it is a dilemma that Stephen Gerrard has to try and solve when... Uh, both are available to him uh, What do you do? You're right You can't play Tavernier in front of him Or vice versa uh, So how do you give him The game time he undoubtedly deserves? If there's a better right back in the country On current form I'd like to see I'd like to see him If there's a better right back on current form That's Scottish In the league I'd like to see him The timing It just happens naturally because obviously James is available we would have used him today if we needed I've seen Nathan get a little kick in the last 15-20 minutes we were wondering whether he might have got a little bit of cramp but he emptied the tank for us today and his performance was outstanding he's become a man in a short space of time he's maturing we're still going to work on his body to get him bigger and stronger and um, he'll have a a real strong pre-season with us he'll be back to finish the season hopefully and then um, we'll get a pre-season under him we'll keep working to develop him from a football point of view but also from a physical point of view because there's still loads more to come which is a really exciting place to be in Did you catch that? He'll be back to finish the season that means Stephen Gerrard knows he'll be suspended tomorrow Uh, Funnily enough on the subject of you jumping to conclusions Joseph Bannatyne has he's written it down he's got the the time and everything he says uh, 19th of April 2021 at 18.28 no chance Hugh Keevans on Jose Mourinho to Celtic Just in case He's keeping it just in case Yeah you do that You press record and play as well And play it back to me But there is To use the Glasgow vernacular No chance See he still thinks you press record and play To, 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 keep, a, to keep a note of these things So that maybe sums it up Right thank you Gordon And Eastfield What about Peter? Your previous Celtic fans Peter Despondent That's the word that keeps coming up Disappointed Despondent Sum up your feelings uh, being honest with Gordon uh, Totally embarrassed with that performance yesterday I'm not interested in the second half And the chances Because the game was done and dusted The half time We stood off Rangers We made Rangers look 
So it's far better team. I'm not going to deny that, Alec, before you jump in and say anything. But the Middle Rangers looked world class yesterday. They're playing the ball about as if there was no Celtic play in front of them. John Kenny to say they're tepid and whatever. That's all done to him. He can't get told he's this great coach. Yesterday's performance and result shows me that John Kenny should not have a further part to play in the, uh, the future development of Celtic is in the first team. And go back to the job we done previously or the boy needs to move on. And given the players, there's about seven players in that squad that should be benched or sitting in the stands for the rest of the season. And we all know who, we all know who it is, guys. Aya, and Christy, Edward, Moya Lanusi, who you heard on there, he turns up against the B teams, hides the big games. Uh, Kenny, John Joe Kenny, Laxal, and Hangme. Uh, so say Christian Moya, Edward Laxal, you could all sit in the stand, guys. Bring in Griff, bring in Sorrow, bring in young boy Ralston. Any of you that young boy Montgomery was on the bench yesterday, I think his second name is, or get Taylor back in at left back. Well, Farmer saw with Greg Taylor at left back, yeah, he's maybe not going to be tricked to get past a player. Peter, I don't dispute the words you're saying However, don't you think the bigger question is What's happening here on the managerial front Because I mean, well, He's saying that, he doesn't think you know, that John Kennedy should play a part I, I, you know, John Kennedy's remote chance of the job disappeared yesterday However, Celtic are going back to Ibrooks in two weeks time Peter And it's been seven weeks since Neil Lennon left Now if Celtic go to Ibrox nine weeks after Neil Lennon left and there's still no manager, would you be concerned? Well, basically, who I say, I think it was on the other week, it was on the, I think it was Gordon and Roger at night on Tuesday. And I wasn't really overly concerned about the managerial situation, right? Because Celtic never do things in a hurry. So, I mean, even when Brendan left, the only reason to get Neil in because Neil was available. So, Celtic do things last minute, whatever. He, I would have thought, imagined, I would have thought they had something in the pipeline to uh, December, November, December last year, but obviously they've been dilly darling to you. You're correct. It's no, it's unfair in John, but there's something behind the scenes here where it's for the top that's seriously went wrong at Parky this season. I mean, I've named the players, right? I'm not a big Brian Christie fan, Alec, and there's nobody Ryan can play in that right hand side. He's, he's proved that. Um, Absolute nonsense He comes in half his right foot And the amount of times He's slewed boys Into the tap corner With his, with his left foot I've, I've watched him When Celtic but, were Absolutely flying but, but that's what I was going to say though But this Celtic team Doesn't function the way That one did So you, if you've got a, how, how no Gordon Because you, you're playing The same personnel You've, you've more or no, less No you're same. not That's my point Because even, How do you know not, Explain I'm, it to me I would if you give me a chance um, Is it not a possibility That when You, you agreed earlier you, Celtic don't get width From their fullbacks. So if you Even if you've got a Jeremy Frimpong That can overlap When Ryan Christie goes in there Celtic don't function The way they used to So if you've got A fully functioning team That is, is When all the other departments Are strong Then you might get away With Ryan Christie Coming in off a right hand side But Ryan Christie In a Celtic team That isn't functioning properly Has no width From its fullbacks. He then becomes Ineffective playing there As we saw yesterday yeah, well, listen, that's not the way I'm seeing it, Gordon. I see that you. The, the question was, he can't play there. That mm. was the question. The, well, the in this Celtic said. team, though, because that's I, I all that's relevant, surely. I, I believe that Christie can play this. Now, see if you look at every single player. Now, you could actually say the rest of them. You look at Scott Brown, 
been really ineffective. You look at Callum McGregor, standout players, Gordon. So yep. they're all not playing well. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a culmination of things. So the, the earlier caller was saying, we've not got cover for that outside right. I don't believe that. I think Ryan Christie can come off that right hand side mm-hmm. and drive in the park, do giving goes with Edward and score goals. I believe that. And that would free up the space for mm-hmm. Kennedy, uh, the boy Kennedy to charge forward. But Peter, I, I don't believe that he can play that position. Peter, the. <laughs> I, I obviously can't You can't spin it Any other way In the big picture Look Celtic have Miles behind Rangers In the league You've just been put Out of the cup So I get I get the way That you're feeling So down about things But I wonder if Yesterday's performance Was really embarrassing Look it wasn't enough To win the game It wasn't good enough Rangers won Credit to them But an embarrassing performance Is that is that not a bit strong Considering the chances That were created Well Gordon see, being honest with you, and You probably get Rangers fans That will come on after me anyway in my eyes, Rangers, Rangers didn't get a second gear yesterday, right? Rangers, see, see if I don't say um, Edward scores a penalty, right? And makes it too long with 10, 15 minutes to go. Mm. I definitely think Rangers went out of the park and scored. They may have been a wee bit cagey for the first couple of minutes after it, but I definitely had, think they had an enemy to go out of the park and score. We, we, Gordon, we have no, we've seen it all season. I could handle Gordon if we weren't doing fighting. See if we were doing fighting. Mm. Every competition we've surrendered this season with a whimper. And there's something seriously went wrong at Parky this season. I don't know whether it's from the top, whether it's the coaching, whether it's the players, because they didn't get their, their moves in the summer. But you surely can't... you say to yourself, I get it, the players, McGregor, Brown. Eight, nine players, Alec, can't be poor the full season. They may go through a wee spell, but then they pick the form up again. This has been basically... All season has been nothing. you got a wee game here and there, and we think... Oh, they're going to turn the corner and then bang. Bang on, bang on. Ferns Varos, embarrassment. The Europa League, bottom of the group, embarrassment. But that's Bet, what I mean. They, Fred Cup, that, Ross look, County. You don't get trophies for this. I'm not trying to say that it was great, but but those were embarrassing performances. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, they weren't good enough. Rangers were, Rangers were, were Celtic. clinical. Celtic weren't, but yeah. embarrassing. I just wondered if no, that was a little I, bit. I didn't think it was embarrassing. I thought Rangers were, you know, they obviously did very well. Uh, see, see, it was on at stake yesterday, Gordon, for me. I would expect in both teams to come out absolutely flying, gone, gone for it yeah, because they've the, got so much at stake. The season Celtic as a whole, as a whole, oh, yeah, for Celtic, the season will be described in that word, embarrassing. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online. The Scottish slash football. Just make sure you two don't serve up any embarrassments of your own on Beat the Pundit 01419511025 You come on here, you take on one of these two Try and embarrass them And walk away with a signed ball You do need to call before 7 o'clock though So get your skates on Tackle the headlines 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans are here We've started the show looking back on yesterday's game Between Rangers and Celtic at Ibrox I'm sure loads of you have still got thoughts on that So keep them coming in And I did say at the top of the show There's not a lot that would prize us away From talking specifically about Scottish football But this story with this European Super League is It seems to be all anyone's talking about It is massive And you never know Maybe it would have some sort of knock-on effect for us So if you've got any thoughts On that news That you've heard today Then get it in right now And we'll take a look at that After we do this Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online The Scottish Sun.co.uk Slash football 
Yeah, we're actually going to get a bit of an insight into how the locals in Liverpool are taking this Now they're playing tonight as well So that's one to look forward to But let's go to beat the pundit first And bring in Alan, who's a Dunfermline fan in Croftfoot How's it going Alan? I'm very well, thank you, how are you? How is life as a Dunfermline fan at the moment? <laughs> pretty stressful but A mixed bag A mixed bag, yes You wouldn't have it any other way uh, I can't, Oh no I can't <laughs> promise you a stress-free night on Beat the Pundit But let's see what we've got Heads, it will be Hugh Keevans Tails, it's Alex Ray Ooh, it's Tails, it's Alex against Alan So, oh. what I need to do Is that a, a good O, a bad O, Alan? Oh no, no, that's, that's a good O uh, I was actually wanting Hugh, but that's fine Listen, the, the, the coin works in mysterious ways Let me give Alex some Clay 2 to listen to And I'll get your clock set up Alan, uh, I know you've never played before So 30 seconds Just answer as many questions right as you can And if you do not know the answer Feel free to pass And we'll move on quickly to the next one, okay? Okay, excellent Top Thank man, you 30 seconds on the clock And your time starts now <sighs> Who opened the scoring in the Old Firm game yesterday? Uh, Stephen Davis What club team does Lyndon Dykes play for? Kilmarnock Name any Fife based team Currently in the Scottish Championship <laughs> Dunfermline Who was the last Motherwell player To finish a season As the Premiership's Top scorer Oh James McFadden Who's achieved More caps for Scotland As captain Scott Brown Or Andy Robertson I would say Scott Brown Which SPFL side Did Inter Miami's Lewis Morgan Start his career with Oh pass Okay let's bring back Alex Ray Alex can you hear us Yep Same set of questions to you 30 seconds on the clock Yep And your time starts now Who opened the scoring In the Old Firm game yesterday? Davis What club team does Lyndon Dykes play for? QPR Name any Fife based team Currently in the Scottish Championship Rafe Rovers Who was the last Motherwell player To finish a season As the Premiership's top scorer? Uh, Higdon Who has achieved More Scotland caps As captain Scott Brown or Andy Robertson? Andy Robertson which SPFL side did Inter Miami's Lewis Morgan start his career with? Lewis Morgan, uh, St Mirren. And who are the last non-old firm team to win the Scottish top flight? Quickly. Scottish top flight, uh, Dundee United. Okay, how do you think that went, Alan? Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Alan, I, I, talk about being a mixed bag and you said the roller coaster of being a Dunfermline fan. I thought you were alright, I thought you had some good answers. Alex sounded very confident, so let's find out. A, a nice, easy one to, to get you up and running. Stephen Davis, you both knew that. Uh, Lyndon Dykes plays for QPR, Alan. Um, Alex got it. What about this? I, I, I have, I don't know. I've done this show for a few years now. I don't think we've ever had a Dunfermline fan on beat the pundit. <laughs> and question three: Name any Fife-based oh, no. team in the Scottish <laughs> Championship. And you'd think I'd made it up, but it was there in front of me. You both went for the other one: Wraith Rovers and Dunfermline. Uh, so Alan got one on the board there, but Alex still leads by one. Uh, it was an educated guess, I think, Alan, with James McFadden, but Alex mm. is right, it's Michael Higdon. Uh, and, uh, he, I mean, he enjoyed himself towards the end of that season. Yeah, I, was, I, I was there that <laughs> night. Sports writers, <laughs> yeah, good speech, so, wasn't it? Um, Alex stretches his lead, but life left in Alan yet. Scott Brown, 25 caps, a Scotland Ooh. captain. Robertson's only in 21. So he'll, he'll, okay. he'll take it over this summer, you'd imagine, because we'll go, if we get to the final of the Euros, how many yeah, games are that? Six, so, yeah. Um, Alex, a bit of inside knowledge here as well You worked with Lewis Morgan, didn't yes. you? He started his career at St Mirren And uh, even in time to mess up the last one Aberdeen 
were the last one. Yeah, Dandy Don. Ah, see, you would have got that, Alan, wouldn't Sir you? Alex. <laughs> so it was a three for Alan and a one, two, three, four, five for Alex. Oh, Hard lines, Alan. Ah, well played, Alan. Oh, never mind. Thank you, Alex. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, I'm going to give Alan, the, I'll give him the honorary one for knowing the last one that he didn't even get to. He still would have lost. I just, I liked Alan. I don't know. I liked his ah, manner. He's it a nice guy. to get a Dunfermline fan on the show. Yeah. Honestly, what about that question? Five best teams. You couldn't make it up. Anyway, 01419511025 on the phones. I think this is worth repeating because you, you lot out there, you will know my feelings on this stuff. We are wall to wall Scottish football 99% of the time. And even this, we'll probably try and spin this and see what it means for us. But I'm sure Hugh and Alex and many of you listening will agree this is such a big story oh, yeah. in, in the world of football. Yes. We couldn't really ignore it So basically 12 of Europe's leading football clubs Have announced that they've agreed to establish A new competition The European Super League Now they basically have gone They're going to form their own competition To rival the Champions League Uh, Big six clubs from England Man United, Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, Tottenham uh, Along with the likes of uh, AC Milan, Atletico Madrid Barcelona, Inter Milan, Juventus um, founding clubs are calling themselves It's anticipated a further three clubs will join Ahead of the inaugural season um, And it's caused an unbelievable reaction As you would imagine Because this thing is essentially It's a closed shop It is by invite You cannot play your way into it really uh, There is no relegation for it And the outcry has been quite something We'll get to a lot of the talking points um, As we go along And I'm going to give you a bit of an insight from Life down in Liverpool as well But just on, on a very general sense Hugh What did you make of that When you heard that late, Either late last night You'd have been in your bed Probably this morning uh, You're immediately appalled And you immediately think Of the word immoral uh, And when the president of UEFA Alexander Serafin Can say that If this proposal goes through It will kill football forever Then you have to sit up And pay attention And I was delighted that uh, our most iconic figure, Sir Alec Ferguson, uh, from Govan, the working class epitome of the working class game. Uh, I was delighted that he was very early in to condemn the whole proposal and therefore, by definition, condemn Manchester United for being part of it. Uh, I'd like to think that Sir Kenny Dalgleish in Liverpool might follow suit because he is another one ennobled by the game from Glasgow working class origins and he surely cannot believe that this is the soul of the game being looked after yeah I, I, I was listening to it last night Gordon and I was listening to some of the reaction as well for me it's uh, pure greed it doesn't sit right with me either uh, they almost as if they're disregarding the rest of football the whole pyramid system uh, as I said there's been condemnation um, the game's about fans it's about having identity And for mm. me this is purely business and money uh, And uh, hopefully uh, they don't get it off the ground uh, Listen we will maybe take a look at what this could mean for, for us For our national team For our clubs down the line But if you've got any thoughts And I know lots of you will Just because of the, the magnitude of this So please get them in 01419511025 Now I'm delighted to say that we're joined um, on the line By a reporter at our sister station Radio City down in Liverpool Paul Doward Paul how are... The natives of Liverpool taking this news. Hi guys, uh, thanks for having me on. Um, angry, angry in a word, uh, as you can quite imagine. Uh, I've been outside Anfield for most of today, um, and a defiant mood really among supporters who've been arriving uh, at the ground all day. 
Um, the supporters have been coming and going. They've all been sharing uh, opinions on the European Super League proposals. But I must say, unlike the chasm uh, the news has created between the club's owners, Fenway Sports Group, and the very people who have devoted their lives to following Liverpool Football Club, the fans, there's no division among the supporters. And we even had Everton supporters turning up today outside Anfield. And, and they were sort of egging on the Liverpool fans. They were saying, you've got to keep going with this, guys. You've got to fight this all the way because this isn't just something that is going to affect the big six, as they're, they're being called, the breakaway clubs. This is something that affects the whole of football. It affects the whole of English football. It affects the whole of football right across right across the world. And, and it's, you know, some of those lesser clubs, the smaller clubs, the clubs who don't have the same financial clout, they're going to miss out massively. Um, and it really has created so much division. Um, there were banners today that were, were outside outside Anfield that have been pinned onto, um, onto, the, onto the railings there. And, um, you know, in black and white, you know, so such a stark contrast from what you would usually see at, at Anfield on the cop on match day, the, uh, the big red flags and all the colourful banners. These were just simple black and white banners that have been pinned up that said LFC fans against European Super League. Another one saying, shame on you, RIP LFC, 1892 to 2021, of course, the year that the club was formed. Um, there was another guy who turned up uh, whilst I was there. He was pinning a vintage um, vintage red shirt from the 1970s to the railings. Um, it just simply said, he spray-painted FSG out um, onto the back of that. And then he'd also written a, a little handwritten note that was, FSG can have this shirt. It used to remind me of Shankly and all that he stood for. Now it just reminds me of corporate greed killing footy. Give us our game back. Simple, stark words. That's incredible. Do you know, as he listened to that, almost kind of like, Hairs on the back of my neck a little Absolutely. bit Because I feel like we kind of feel the way We feel about our football The way that people of Liverpool We'd kind of align ourselves with cities like that Wouldn't we? Of, Working of, class, of, yeah, yep. of how obsessed we are with the game and so on um, Paul I mean, I'm looking at these banners as well On social media right now And you're absolutely right You know, RIP, LFC and all that sort of thing The fans that you've spoken to today The fans groups and so on Is there a real genuine feeling that fans would would be willing to walk away from the relationship with their football club over this? Oh, massively. Um, I mean, some people have threatened that, some of those regular match going. These people spend thousands of pounds and have spent thousands of pounds over the years following the club up and down the country. You know, on a, a, a Tuesday night, a Wednesday night, a Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon, you know, they've, they've given their lives. They put a club before their own family at times. And I think, you know, what resonated with me was that there's been... The fans say there's been no consultation from the club's owners. There's been no consideration from the club's owners, let alone, you know, consultation. It just appears, you know, you mentioned there at the, at the top, you know, about greed being the, the main word. And that is the word that is, is coming out in all of this. Um, to put a little perspective, there's a, a, a supporters group, um, Spying Cop, who, who design a lot of the banners that you would see on a regular match day at Anfield. Uh, they tweeted a statement earlier today saying, we, along with the groups involved in flags, will be removing our flags from the cop. We feel we can no longer give our support to a club with, which puts financial greed above integrity of the game. And that lays it stark, lays it bare. That is exactly how all of Liverpool, every single Liverpool supporter I've spoken to today, that hits the nail on the head. That is exactly how they're feeling. Hugh, it's hard to get your head around how tone deaf this all seems. Yeah. Um, because... 
We will debate absolutely anything in football And there will always be two sides to it I, I cannot find anyone or hardly anyone Who thinks this is even remotely a good idea no. Apart from the people who are involved But here we have the, the culture gap Here we have Liverpool, Man United, Arsenal American owned Americans don't get the concept of uh, the way it used to be. And I mean, no, no relegation. Yeah. I mean, how, where is the? They don't understand that. But when you have the Duke of Cambridge, we've gone to the palace now. The Duke of Cambridge saying that the integrity of the game must be protected, and he's the president of the the English Premier League. So, um, this really and truly is a people matter. Uh, and when we hear the stories of Anfield. Uh, it's great And I'm sure they'll be replicated at Old Trafford uh, And at the Emirates If they've got any sense The supporters of those clubs uh, To say that This is the people's game And the ramifications for the game If the English Premier League clubs Are meeting tomorrow 14 of them In other words the 6 Not included in the Super League uh, Then what if They ask for the removal of Liverpool mm. And Man United and Arsenal uh, from yeah. the the EPL, uh, and, and then that is the early suggestion that yeah. the, you know the rule says that there is a rule there that, that could uh, lead to uh, that. And then what if the club, Liverpool Football Club, who gave everyone Istanbul and people who don't support Liverpool remember everything that happened in Istanbul that night? Not just because Steven Gerrard is now here as manager of Rangers, but you know the the people who follow mm. that club, they they want. That history, tradition yeah, but the These people, are, these people are now being referred to as Legacy fans Whatever <laughs> uh, yeah, that is Yeah, yeah, yeah Well, I think My gut reaction Is that for legal reasons As well as for emotional reasons This will mm. not take off I mean, Paul We naturally are looking at What it might mean to us We're not as directly affected As, as you folks down in Liverpool are Um and I know Jurgen Klopp spoken just before the game tonight Underlining the fact that him and the players are not involved in the process Which is understandable um, I mean you have a very popular Liverpool player Who so happens to be the Scotland captain in Andy Robertson There is a, a threat, there is a suggestion from UEFA That players of clubs involved in this Will be banned from going to the Euros in the summer I mean this could have massive consequences couldn't it? It could, and this is what is really, really interesting and really, really important because at the moment, I suppose, Jurgen Klopp will keep his cards a little bit close to his chest. He has said in the past that this is this is an idea he is, he is seriously against. Um, but I think when we hear from a manager, when we hear from a player, when they speak out, they're the people as well. Just like the supporters, they are directly affected. And there's, there's massive concern around Liverpool at the moment that this could be the end for Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool. If, if he if he doesn't like this idea, if he feels he's not being consulted on the matter, it's been a difficult year for us all. It's been a difficult year for Liverpool Football Club. Um, he's not had supporters in the ground, so, so that bond that he's used to feeling with the supporters hasn't been there. May, and, and there may be a, a job at becoming available at, at Bayern Munich. Of course, the German clubs mm-hmm. are not involved in, in this proposed European Super League. May he think now's the time to move back to Germany, and could this be the end for Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool? And it's you know it's thrown up more questions, just more and more questions all the time. And you know, 
it, Liverpool supporters are terrified. You know, they're, they're terrified at the prospect that they are losing the club that they that they love. You know, and they they no longer have a say in what happens with the club. And Liverpool fans, in the past, as we know, the you know they they will fight if they feel they've been prejudiced. We've we've seen that you know very publicly in the past. And only five years ago, of course, Fenway Sports Group proposed to put ticket prices up and there was a demonstration inside Anfield on the 77th minute the uh, the ground cleared all, all the supporters used their feet and did the talking with their feet and left the ground and Fenway backed down it's just whether now if Fenway back, ne- back down do they feel it's maybe gone a little bit too far yeah. for them to back down There's, it's, 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 a, it's a frightening prospect for a game that, that we all love and it's you know, you said, like you guys said there, you know, for you guys in Scotland, it will have repercussions yeah. for the game right across the world. Yeah, an incredible day for the world of football and in particular for your city down there, Paul. Thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, Alex, we will, what's the local angle, uh, as they would say? You know, w- w- what does it mean for us? People will speculate about Celtic and Rangers. Maybe we'll get to that later on. That to me seemed like the most immediate. Would it be the most Scottish thing of all time that we eventually make it to a men's <laughs> a group stage, yeah. uh, tournament after such a long wait? We can't even get a full stadium. Oh, and by the way, Kieran Tierney, Andy Robertson, and Scott McTominay are not allowed oh. to join you. And don't think about calling up Billy Gilmore as a replacement because he's not available either. It would be absolutely ridiculous, Gordon. But listen, they have to flex their muscles. They have to try and talk mm. these guys down again. Does that said. seem unfair, though? As Jurgen Klopp mentioned, you know, it's. <laughs> It's, the players, it's not the players really much not, to do with the players, a, is it? Absolutely, though. But the only bargaining chips that uh, UEFA have, Gordon, is to try and sanction the players. So the players mm. would have to go to the clubs and go, we can't go through with this. Yeah, if this is a war, then... You need war, everything. War has casualties. Uh, and I take your point, Gordon, that it's unfair on the players. However, if football is at war, then there will be casualties. And, you know, if mm. it is alleged... Yep. Alleged that Jose Mourinho was fired Because he wasn't going to take Tottenham into mm. that kind of environment Yeah I also think I think most reports suggest that that is not necessarily the case And might have been kind of two and two being put together But anyway What are your thoughts on all of this Overall How do you react to it How does it make you feel As a football fan Because that's what we're all about We love the game um, But also what do you think it could mean For us Give us a call Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141 951 1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Phone lines are going crazy for reaction to this European Super League uh, So we will get to the calls very soon Let me quickly give you your, your teaser for tonight Because that still survives No one will be taking that away from us But we just won't dwell on it too long To leave calls uh, Time for your call So your question tonight is this Can you name 10 Scottish managers who've won the English Premier League Manager of the Month Award Thanks to Liam McCullough Who sent it in Any that spring to mind? Davey Moyes I'm surprised that was your first one But yes Sir Alex I mean after the day you've had I thought you would have got Sir Alex Straight off the bat Well I was giving him He's always moaning That I jump in ahead <laughs> of him true. So I've, you met, I Alex, met Sir Alex's, Alex's brother, brother today You were Martin's, telling us Martin's yeah, a good get guy the, Get the kids off the school bus Walking them home And who do you bump into? Sir Alex's brother As you do Right, we've got a couple here We've got Stephen Livingston We've got James in Glasgow Let me, again, just try and remind us Of, of what it means to us, this stuff Because our governing bodies yep. have spoken out Latterly, the Scottish FA have put out a statement tonight Saying that they join with UEFA And other national associations In condemning the proposals uh, To break away They say it's a closed competition Based on patronage Rather than sporting merit The widespread mm-hmm. condemnation Of the so-called European Super League among fans, players, clubs and football bodies across the world Has galvanised a sport which has already shown great fortitude In enduring the economic impact of the COVID-19 pandemic It's provided entertainment to millions 
and so on The Scottish FA believes in the fundamental principles of the football pyramid And meritocratic competition uh, We're concerned by the impact that this cynical attempt will have on the game domestically and internationally uh, And so on and so forth The SPFL, a similar one earlier Neil Doncaster saying it you know, vehemently opposing um, Enormously damaging uh, it's been overwhelmingly condemned It would dramatically undermine the global appeal of football And would be financially catastrophic for all but a very tiny minority mm. So Scottish football feels pretty strongly about it and, and look, I am not naive enough to think that everyone's going to say Ah, see, the Scottish FA, the SPFL, UEFA All world leaders in sporting fairness I know that everyone's got their own access to grind with governing oh. bodies So I, I do get that, but in, in terms of today's news I think most people would agree with The sentiment Let's bring in uh, Stephen Livingston What's your main concern in all of this Steve? Mm-hmm. Hi guys uh, Thanks for having me on Pleasure uh, first, first time caller Nice to speak to you yeah, Good to have you um, the, my, my first thought yesterday Last night was uh, For the individual players They probably haven't been consulted at this stage And I think you've mentioned Andy Robertson in the last 20 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I immediately thought, we've got two of the best left-backs in the world. One's at Arsenal, one's at Liverpool. And they could both be lost to the national team. Um, it might not happen quickly enough for it to affect the Euros. Um, you know, could it be delayed this season? Mm. Will it affect the World Cup as well? But if you find... UF are talking about preventing them playing in their competitions. Then, have you about, uh, you got a bit of sympathy for the players and all this, Steve? Because I think you're right. Yeah. I, there is there is no chance that um, the Fenway Sports Group, as as their um, our Liverpool correspondent was telling us, they, they've not phoned up Andy Roberts and said, Andy, what do you, you know what do you make of this? <laughs> have you got a bit of sympathy for them, Steve? Absolutely. I think they'll be waking up this morning, looking at the news, and thinking, "What does this mean for me?" <laughs> Robertson's our national captain, and and I think we all agree that we've got a very able, you know, backup in uh, Kieran Tierney. And he and can't just, play either. To, to <laughs> also, also it stands to reason that if UEFA are saying this will kill football forever, then one of the tactics in the guerrilla warfare that will go on now, one of the tactics will be to say, well, these six clubs don't play in the Champions League anymore. So, mm. again, Andy Robertson's future... Uh, is affected by more than the Euros this summer. Uh, it's his long-term future as a Liverpool player. Yeah, I mean, Klopp has spoken on TV tonight, Alex, saying that the players, and, and he only found out last night. Uh, it's it's broke, absolutely is... ridiculous, Gordon, because what it has is, it just shows it's a cabal, it's a close shop, and they've all been skullduggery behind everyone's back. Uh, and they've been lobbying to try and get this up and running. And as I said, see if there's no competition, no relegation, Gordon. For me, I don't see how it's going to work. And with these sanctions that the governing bodies are going to impose on potentially players, it just doesn't stack up. But it, I, I, the fans is the biggest thing in here. You know, across the board, most sets of fans. And see when you see ex-players that are as passionate like Rio Ferdinand, Gary yeah. Neville and that, talking about Man United in the manner yeah. you had uh, Danny um, uh, Murphy talking about Liverpool. They were, they were exasperated mm. by the actual idea of their teams behaving in this manner. Liverpool's a great example. You've got a team there who, after years of hurt on and off the field, mm. have won the Champions League and they have won the English Premier League. World football as well, yeah. But this is dwarfing all that. You know, that doesn't... 
that success doesn't mean you're okay with this stuff. Oh. You know, and we're seeing that from from the Liverpool fans. You know, when, out there. when Liverpool fans uh, reflect on the game, they think of Istanbul. They also think of Hillsborough, and they think of people who went to a game and never come home that night. That's their club. That's their history, and that's an FA Cup tie that they were going into in the spirit of proper competition. That's what they want to be continued without interference from the American owners of mm. Liverpool. I mean, I Steve might be right. Look, it, there's a lot of noise being made. Yeah. Can you put something like that in place for the Euros, which is in what two would, months' I'll, time? No. But by the way, the, the, in terms of the threat, they're talking about withdrawing. Man City and Chelsea from the Champions League semi-finals this season. I mean, when, when are they meant to be next next week? I assume. Yeah. Well, the problem the problem we have is implementing this, Gordon. It's okay putting up threats, but you, then you have uh, you know providers. You know, you've got mm. BT paying a hell of a lot of money for that product. They'll have everything in place at the moment. And then where do you go for there? Who who, who actually represents the the competition going forward? Well, I mean, I get, I, I don't know. I guess maybe the teams that were knocked out would you know Dortmund would, would come back in and so on. But it becomes a, a bit of a mess. A legal minefield that yep. one because mm-hmm. if you suddenly change the complexion of the Champions League overnight, mm-hmm. then lawyers descend. I suppose the problem, and Steve, I I appreciate. I'm trying to make this ultra local just to, to focus on us for a bit. The problem with the potential absence of Andy Robertson or a Kieran Tierney or Scott McTominay. From Scotland If these owners Are so out of touch With their clubs As we've seen today Is that threat Even really going to work You know The owners of Liverpool They don't care if Andy Robertson Goes to the Euros Do they? No I, I would say no <laughs> um, You know they've Obviously they've put money in They've got a lot of investment They want to get it to the next level And get a better return on their money I'm not sure how you know how close these guys actually are to uh, you know football in this country. Most of these Premier League teams at the top end, anyway, they've got foreign owners, and I'm not sure if they get it. If it's just all about money. Well, it's, I mean, it certainly looks like it. the, the Americanisation of this, yeah. Alex. Gordon, sport you, you made a good point. Re- relegation. Yeah, but you made a good point there. You, you actually says, do the owners really care about Andy Robertson going there? But what I can guarantee is Andy Roberts will care. Hmm. And then that causes that discontent within the group in itself. Then that piles pressure yeah, on the manager. So there's a there's a wider ramification here. Uh, thank you to Steve. What about James in Glasgow? What's your take on it, James? Hello, guys. Hello, Hello Hi, Gordon, James. Alec, and, and Hugh. Hello. Hi there. Another first time call. Another first time caller. Now listen, this this is that just shows you the size of the story, James. Um, what what have you made of what you've been hearing today? Uh, you touched on it previously there on the Americanization of of the of the game, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's more like, in, as far as I can tell, it's more the globalization of football as a yeah. as a product. So this is this is starting as a as a European league. Um, but the end goal is obviously. Making this worldwide, so we've got 15 teams from Europe at the moment. Um, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any. There needs to be any guesses as to what those other five teams might be in the future. Probably teams from America, teams from Asia, teams from um, Africa and, and South America, perhaps. With the end goal of, um, you know, building a new product that's catered for perhaps the younger generations coming through, um, more of a consumerist culture. You've already got plenty of um, supporters at the moment. Who claim to have more than one team? You know, they're happy to support clubs quite vehemently from borders of countries that they've perhaps never even been to. Um, but the idea in the end will be to strip the identity away from the clubs 
and make them worldwide, I think, in the end. I wouldn't be surprised if eventually we've got, you know, um, stadiums in more than one country. So you can eventually visit them, or the, the local fans from other countries can eventually go and see them play. Um, and I don't like it, and of course no one likes it, but unfortunately, eventually, I just can't see it going any other way. So you it's, think, it's James, do, do you think there was a an inevitability about this? I mean, I, I've got a tweet here, for instance, from... Mr RFK who says that English football fans have lapped up Getting taken over by billionaires for years Spending multi-millions on mediocre players Buying success I find it hilarious now You know the hypocrisy of their fans And UEFA are making a lot of noise about it James on a day which they announced New format for the Champions League Lots of people have felt like UEFA have been moving towards a closed shop for for years Did, did you always feel that this was inevitable? Yeah, maybe a few years too early and I guess the other thing is I don't think these bigger um, owners um, as you say, care for the institutions that exist. You know, it used to be people built the whole livelihoods and identities around the club um, but I'll be surprised if that's still the case in 10-15 years is um, is the younger generation that are used to I'm saying this, I'm only sorry, younger generation but, um, <laughs> but you know like as, as it's going ahead and as we become more of a consumer society, I can see football being a consumable product eventually, rather than something that you dedicate your whole life to. I mean, we, we, um, we can't we can't hold the we we understand, James, that we, we can't hold the world back entirely. However, you know, I never thought I'd see the day when Manchester United. I've got an old pal, Paddy Clare, that left here in 1963, left Celtic to go and play for Manchester United, lived in the Gorbals. And Paddy's always in Old Trafford. He never thought he'd see the day when Manchester United had a, a stock market listing in the New York Stock Exchange. So that is the, as James said, and have for ages now, haven't they? So. Yeah, the globalisation of football. However, we tried to protect an identity for the game, and such has been the support immediately, as I say, from the Palace to the Prime Minister. To the English Premier League calling their meeting tomorrow to see what they can do about it right away to to protect the game's identity, protect the game's heart and soul. We can't stop things happening. I mean, Inter Milan are Chinese-owned now, and that they, they may, in the fullness of time, want a Chinese club in this league, and so on and so forth. But we are trying to protect the game at its most basic level here. I mean, James makes some very very good points. Alex, but this is where and football has had a problem with this for years. You know, this isn't this isn't nothing new because, well, it's a business, obviously, and then people who want to make money off it will therefore try and run it like a business. But it's not like any other business because there's so much emotion attached. There's Absolutely. so much passion, so much commitment, so much dedication from 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 fans primarily. But but what have we seen during this pandemic and with the television deals that the English Premier League have? They don't actually need fans They, they, they don't rely on fans We oh, do but, but they don't Gordon see the six That are actually going to break away From uh, From the, uh, the, the English the, Premier League Yeah they, they are reported to be around About 300 million Just for joining the league So you know That's a nice little uplift Particularly on where they are At the moment There's no relegation out of that You would imagine That someone like Amazon Would just take over The whole shooting match And they'd be showing it All over the globe And I take James's point That, that's, that, that is probably What they're looking at But yeah. It, does, it doesn't take away from the fact that the people who matter most, mm. the soul of the club is the fans. The, the not yeah, but if that's not the case anymore, you know, I'm not saying it's right, but James is telling us, you know, that people can bring clubs to their knees. 
we we've watched it. it. Mm. We've watched it in this country uh, in in 1994. No, no, no. But but that's what I'm saying. That's why this is different. These clubs do not rely on fans turning up. That that is a that is a drop in the ocean to them financially. Uh-huh. They don't rely on on fans turning up. We can, you know, here we do. Yeah, we need that. We rely on about forty five percent. People can vote money. with their feet. I mean, it, an extreme example. But if we get fans back in next season and not a single person turns up at Celtic Park, that would send out, a, you know, a huge statement. Yeah, James is, you know, this globalisation. There's a tourist culture. Watch any English Premier League game. It's selfie sticks. It's half and half scarves. The 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 soul was gone a long time ago. Well, I, I don't know. I think the, the action you're seeing from people in England today tells you. I mean. Mm. It, no, no. I, again, I agree. But what can, what can you do about it if if they no longer need you? What if nobody goes to the games then in this Fine. European Super League? Well, because the billions that are going to come in from the people that are fronting it and whatever broadcaster gets behind it means that you don't you don't need the ticket money. Well, it's a complete and utter waste of time then. Uh, other than for the men who stand yeah. to make money from it. But I go back to what the president of UEFA. Alexander Seferin said It will kill football forever Final word to you James No you know I'm a I'm a Celtic season ticket holder And I have no No like, This doesn't make me happy at all You know I was just speculating More than anything but it's, it's As you say It's destroying the game I mean The best thing to come for this To be honest Is that We go towards the European Super League Those um, Big Sixes are called You know they, they get so much money Pumped into them that they become, you know, runaway in any EPL that they're still part of, and then the whole thing goes bombs up, and we get a bit more of a diluted market. Not the, the ideal situation, but the silver lining. Thank you to James in Glasgow. It's 01419511025. Quickly on your question: ten Scottish mm. managers who've won the English Premier League Manager of the Month award. You've got Sir Alex and Davy Moyes, Sir Kenny, yes, uh, Alex McLeish, yes, Stevie Clark, yes. I'm going to go for. Uh, Alan Irvin No We'll leave it there We'll get the rest next Thanks again to James Really brilliant call Some thoughtful stuff And we'll bring in William after these Number one For football In Glasgow and the West 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Into the final part Of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray Are here Did you get any more On that teaser During the break The 10 Scottish managers Who've won the English Premier League Manager of the month Walter Smith he has Well done Good shout Only Coyle? No mm. Not according to Liam McCullough Anyway remember you blame him You don't blame me Nothing to do with me Yeah Coyle did well done At Burnley for a period didn't he? Mm. Okay I'll give you more thinking time Whilst we bring in William Who's been hanging on for ages William what's your take on this European Super League business? Uh, to be honest I can actually understand Why these teams want to break away yeah. I don't believe that UEFA Are fit for purpose And that was pretty much proven Last week With the The the, the debacle right, and the, the, the minor sanctions that that uh, Sparta Prague player got 10 games for racially abusing a black player that guy should have been kicked out of the game uh, and then Glenn Kamara getting a ban as well but obviously for a separate incident kind of thing uh, I, I can totally understand why they're going why they're leaving to be honest I mean whilst I agree with the sentiment I wonder about the, the, the comparison Hugh because UEFA do not UEFA do not cover themselves in glory And I'm going to get on to that Loads of things uh-huh. that they don't do either And I wonder if there is a little bit of hypocrisy But I, I'm not sure these clubs have broken away Because they see the European Super League As going to be this bastion of fairness and, uh, yeah. and integrity You know, it, that, Listen, it doesn't Of all the things that that league might be 
doesn't strike me. No, Williams coming at it from a single club point of view, and we have condemned UEFA for the punishment. We're talking about we're talking about a single club point of view. What have uh, we've been? What have all teams been doing? Pretty much, right in the UK since the beginning of the season, they've been taking a knee to try and kick racism out. No one right? is. One no of one. Lead, no it's one, one of the lead campaigns. Yes, the UEFA push every single year, and they had a chance to step up, right. And do something about that yeah. The thing is William we, we, By the way We all really do agree with that But yeah. I, I don't it, think These six are breaking away Because they don't like The way that UEFA handle racism yeah, that, That's we're, what I'm trying to say you know, As I say The condemnation was universal There was not A dissenting voice The condemnation was universal In Calling out UEFA And in supporting Glenn Kamara Now This is another issue altogether This is about Football where it's going And the destruction of football As we know it at a club level It's an entirely different matter In terms of that hypocrisy though I mean Ken has sent a tweet here Which is important He says Why don't the SPFL and SFA Also criticise UEFA For ratifying today The same closed shop New Champions League format As the, the European Super League Sporting meritocracy I write he says now, there's got to be a bit of truth in that yeah, I mean, doubt, we've, we've moaned many shows. times about UEFA Making things a bit of a closed shop and so on um, Is there hypocrisy in the air? There is, Gordon There, there, there is parallels you, you see UEFA are trying to change it To suit the bigger clubs, the bigger countries You now see England getting four and five places In the Champions League You see Germany, Italy And yet the champions mm. of Scotland Are struggling, smaller countries struggle So there is They've been trying to kind of Gear it all towards the bigger clubs for a long time. <laughs> to be fair, though, then Hugh and again UEFA do loads of things that you would disagree with. Uh-huh. I wonder if, I wonder if th- that is a completely fair comparison because even if you think that the UEFA Champions League reforms or the way that they've closed the shop to an extent, it's not completely closed. It is still a meritocracy to an extent. They may have. They've skewed it a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, in favour of the of the big leagues, and I'm not for that at all. I think it's terrible, but it, it was it was voted in that that would have been voted in democratically. You can still qualify for the Champions League, albeit it has been skewed. Like I say, this is different. This is a whole new level. This is there is no democracy here. No. This is what's happening, and you 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 can't you can't get really well on the face of it. You can't get promoted into it. So yeah, Champions League reform. Don't like them either. But, but this seems like a whole new level, does Listen, it not? This is really often running in a very short space of time. The president of uh, Real Madrid uh, has gone on to the, the board of the European Super League. Uh, the president of Juventus uh, has left his role at the club to go on to the board of the European Super League. The English Premier League clubs meet tomorrow. Uh, UEFA. Is he not the opposite? Juventus, he's come off it, I think, because of this. Yeah. He's gone to join it, is he not? The, the European Super League. Oh, the League. Super League, sorry, yes. Yeah. I thought you were talking yeah. about these previous roles. Yeah. yeah, so Juventus have taken physical steps. Uh, Real Madrid have taken physical steps. Uh, and now football is answering back tomorrow with the meeting of the 14 English Premier League clubs who are not involved in the European Super League. We are helter-skelter towards something that will either protect the immediate future of the game or lead to the destruction of the immediate future of the game And I'll tell you what We might not be perfect But Is it not just giving you a nice 
A nice warm fuzzy feeling about the madness that is Scottish football. At least it's yeah. at least it's got a bit of authenticity left about it. At least it's got a little bit of its soul left. It, it might not have the quality <laughs> at times. It might not have the glamour. It might not get the attention. Not the money either. That's but right. my goodness, we've got we've got a lot to like when you look at what we could be facing. Yeah, with, without doubt. And uh, you know, as there's a healthy competition at the top of the league as well uh, now. Where, you know, Celtic have dominated for a long period there. You expect Celtic to come back in the in the next couple of years. You look at the league at the lower yeah. leagues as well. League One, you've got three teams we, as we, well. That's the thing. Though, is it's about more than that. You know, talking about the work our clubs doing the, in their communities all the time, particularly yeah. during this pandemic and the way that they. Have a bit of a conscience to their their fans, not all the time. And when we can do better, we we had a caller from the Dunfermline tonight, or a Dunfermline supporter, I should say, who lives in Glasgow. My first ever Scottish Cup final, Dunfermline were were, were in it. I was ten years old, and there were one hundred and thirty four thousand mm. people there. That's my game, yep. and that's the game I want to keep. William, thank you very much. Let's bring in Steve, who's from Weems Bay, but he is a Liverpool fan, and I, I wonder how you feel by all of this, Steve. Hi guys, thanks for listening to me. I feel very emotional. My grandfather took me to Anfield in November 1959. Since when I've been a lifelong Liverpool supporter, it's been my lifeblood in terms of supporting and I feel really, really let down. Having said that, um, I think some good will come out of it. I think when this lot are out of our league, um, other clubs will flourish. I woke up in bed this morning and I said, I'm going to be an Everton supporter next year. Oh, I bet you never my thought son, you'd say that, Steve. No, my son messaged me half an hour later and said, um, Dad, I'm going to have a new team next year, Everton. And he said, um, I tell you what, the new ground needs 40,000 more seats in it because an awful lot of Liverpool supporters will leave. I mean, I've been with Liverpool all that time, 62 years, and I've been through Hell and Earth with them, Heisel Stadium, Hillsborough, whatever, all the good times, all the bad times, as we all have. What really upsets me is the source of our game, Uh, the fact that a small team can play a big team with a chance of winning. The FA Cup, for me, which has been discredited in the last few years, was a fantastic competition, you know, with great stories. And I think football is going to be the loss, because I think you'll find an awful lot of season ticket holders at Anfield will just not bother renewing. And... The one good side is that I think lesser teams and potentially um, some of the Scottish teams who haven't progressed as far as they could have done in Europe may be able to do so. So it's a real heartbreaking time 
I mean, Steve, I can obviously everyone can hear the emotion in, in your voice, and ho- hopefully, um, hopefully, it doesn't come to that for you. You don't want to change your team. Can't have you been an Everton supporter, Steve, after all these years. Um, but if anyone was in any doubt, Hugh, as to what this means, Steve has just summed up in two minutes. It's for, yeah. all, for all for all the the varying factors that, that go into this. Yeah, I wonder if anyone at the the Fenway Sports Group would take a recording of Steve's call and listen to. It. And what they would think They wouldn't understand Uh, This is a man who This is his club This is his life This is his son's life This is his family's life They are Liverpudlians who get behind Liverpool Football Club And now have the support of Everton fans Because our uh, sister station told us today That Everton fans have turned up outside Anfield In support of their Liverpool friends and neighbours and that's what it is It's a battle for the heart and soul Of your club And one day it will come to your door mm. And football is now saying Not on our watch it won't Steve you look after yourself please And mm. give us a call back Hopefully we'll speak to you under happier circumstances in the future just, By the way it's not just my club It's the whole of the clubs The minor clubs yep. Yes that's the thing It means so much to, to everyone Thank you again Steve From Weems Bay We really appreciate you getting in touch Could hear the emotion in your voice And feel a bit yeah. taken aback by it yeah, To be it honest so, uh, Thank you very much to Steve um, Feel honoured that you would Phone up and, and share that with us Before we go any further You've got four more Of the ten Scottish managers Who've won S- the English Premier League Manager of the month Strachan uh, Yep uh, What about Colin Calder? No No you two are cruising this, by the way, but three to get. No, I don't think so. Mark McGee did, wasn't no, he? No, 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 no. What about Jim Jeffries at Bradford? No, there's a more kind of obvious one in it. Well, obviously not if we can't get it, but, you know, huge name, big up here and down there. Um, Yeah, big up here and down there. So. Rangers, Liverpool. Uh, oh, come on. In the. In the same way that Steven Gerrard will now be linked with those two clubs. <laughs> Scotland it? International as well. Graham Soonis, anyone? Oh, um, right, okay. Oh, um, this guy's also got a son that played for Scotland. Oh, Bruce Weir? No! <laughs> was the manager of Hearts during the Mad Vlad era and they were doing pretty well but it didn't keep him oh, his job. George Burley. George Burley. And the last one... Arsenal and Tottenham The thought of it Talk about going to support oh, George a new Graham. team George Graham Thank you Alex Ray And Hugh Keevans Thanks for all your calls And your tweets A busy start Looking back on yesterday's game And it's something we never really expected An incredibly busy end uh, Based on A huge story in world football I'm sure you've not heard The end of either of these So make sure you join us tomorrow at 6 With Roger Hanna And Gordon D. Ellen. In the meantime Callum Gallagher is up next He'll look after you